Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Empire. Welcome to the latest edition of All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alzer. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino, on location from New Orleans, as you can tell from the Kansas flag behind me. Uh, <laughs> we are going to be joined later by NBC Sports Washington's Alexa Landestoy. Uh, talk about a big week ahead for your Washington Capitals. Uh, Tampa Lightning in town, uh, at the Pittsburgh Penguins, home against the Boston Bruins, and a matinee game that I know Genny Kuznetsov and everyone on the Capitals love those kind of games. Uh, but first, Carl, uh, everybody's talking about our, our friend of the show, Jay Beagle, the other night, uh, he, he he kind of maybe lost his mind a little bit, uh, cross-checked uh, Trevor Zegras and, and, and fought Troy Terry or, or kind of beat up Troy Terry. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on, on kind of the entire situation, what Jay did, and kind of some of the, the backlash that we've seen the last couple of days. Yeah, well, I, I definitely do have an opinion on it. Um, I watched, uh, at first I saw the... I, first, I saw the the interview, the post game interview with Zegras, yeah. and I was thinking like, "Oh man, this guy's going off on someone." I wonder, I wonder who it is. And <laughs> uh, and then I saw the clip, and I, I mean, my first thought is, I don't, I don't understand what the big idea, like, what's the big problem, you know? Like that, this happens all the time. You you poke at a goalie, especially when the game was five nothing or six nothing, whatever it is, and and he's already scored a goal the way he scored a goal earlier in the game like you need to expect something's going to happen and maybe it's the part of the issue is that he's a he's a young inexperienced guy who is getting everything you know so many things are going right for him offensively and people are all you know so hot for him right now that he kind of thinks he can go out there and do whatever he wants and i think that's that's where part of the issue is you know he he hasn't had anyone really stand up to him before and they traded delorier manson's not there you know they don't they don't have a, you know, an enforcer or someone that can protect those guys right now. Maybe there's somebody else on that team that that's a, that's tough and can fight and stuff. But, you know, it's just there's all these things that he hasn't had to deal with before. And, you know, he got a little too far in front of himself there. And and you run into to a guy like Beegs and Terry comes in to defend Zegris and you ran into a guy like Beegs. You know, it's it's what it is. You can't. And Jay's not a goon here. Like, like Jay's not. No. That, that's never been Jay Beagle's game. No, but he's going to defend himself, right? And that's the thing. You, if you, if you're going to come into a scrum like that, you better be really good at seat belting, or you better, you know, be tough enough to handle, handle what what's coming to you. You know, and I never uh, heard that having, phrase before. I never heard. I, I know what it is, but I've never heard it called seat belting. Yeah. So you. So like here, for example, I I'm by no means a good fighter, you know, at all. But I I know how to tie somebody up or defend right. some a punch, right? And so it's happened before where. I knew that I have to step in to do something. And, you know, if, if the guy drops his gloves to fight me, I better be prepared to to not die, essentially, is what it is. And so he, he just wasn't prepared for that. And so I, I have absolutely no problem with the play whatsoever. What bugged me, too, is the comment in that uh, in that interview saying, you know, he's a 30-goal scorer or whatever, and the league should protect him. 
to me, it doesn't matter if you're a 30 goal scorer or a one goal scorer. It, you know, every, it, it's, the, it's, it's the same rules for everybody and teams construct themselves certain ways to, to make sure that they're safe. Look That's the why Zach, I look like, I look Zach Cassian with the Oilers with for McDavid and a dry saddle. And you mentioned exactly. Ryan Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have guys that are out there that can, that can do it. You know, Edmonton's great because they also have nurse who can, who yes. can throw them. Like they've got, they've got lots of players that are, that are there. And so, you know, that was, um, we go back to the story against the Bruins, you know, Hendy fought, fought Campbell and, and beat him up. And next thing you know, we have McQuaid and Thornton coming after him. You know, that's just, right. it's, you know, it's a little bit of an old school mentality, but at the same time, it, that's kind of how we police the league and how it's, how it's done. So, uh, I mean, a lot, I know a lot of people don't necessarily agree with it, but look, you, you protect the goalie at all costs and, and that's what happens. Yeah. To me, uh, there, there are two parts of this. I don't necessarily agree with taking retribution for how he scored the goal. I don't, uh, to me, like you shouldn't be punished for the skill part, but if you're right. poking at the goalie, if you're involved in a scrum, it's kind of fair game. So I, 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 I like, like I do agree with the, the kind of take of, we don't want to kind of punish guys for scoring those kind of goals. You want to stop that? Stop them from scoring the goal. I, 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 exactly. I think that's where I'm at on this, but I don't think Jay did it because he scored the Michigan goal. No. I, I think he was doing it because he was protecting his guys. You get frustrated in a moment like that. And, and I think it was all about that scrum. I think it was kind of centrally located to that. It had nothing to do with how he scored that goal. Yeah, I don't think so either. But keeping in mind that if, if someone scores a goal like that against your team, in your head, you're thinking, you know, it's I, that should never have happened. Like, I, I got to be better. And sure, and that, bug, that bugs you a little bit. You know, someone scores a, a highlight reel goal against your team. Like, you, it's, you, you almost, in a way, feel a little bit embarrassed. And you don't want to have that embarrassment. And so you're not looking to go after him. But, I mean, it was a, it was a little cross check. And he went down right. hard. And, and, and then everything led to the next thing. I was... It was, I don't know, I, I think it's gotten blown out of proportion and it I'm going to defend Jay on this, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and again, same thing. It's like, I, I, don't say, I don't think you should ever take retribution because someone scores a great goal like that. But if you're involved in a poking at the goalie situation, it was a, it was a little cross-check, and then tensions kind of rose from there in the scrum, I think to me, and it's also the frustration of losing a game, being the worst team in the, in the NHL and, and losing a bunch of games this year, and, and just all of that kind of builds up. It, it's, it, it, to me, it's a, re- a weird mix of kind of the old school, what hockey is, and what a lot of kind of new school hockey people want it to be. And it's mm-hmm. transitioning a little bit, but th- this was a very kind of uh, polarizing topic because people were either like you are and saying, okay, like this is Jay's in the right, and everyone else saying, get Jay out of the league, which seems crazy. Well, yeah, I, I replied on one of the comments I saw, so I think somewhere on Twitter, just said, like, this is the new NHL. This is this is what it is. The young guys come in at, at 18, 19, 20 years old, and and they've they're given everything. You know, they have a they you know, they okay, I shouldn't say they're given everything. They earn it because they're good players. But of course they all of a sudden are getting, you know, eight million dollars a year at, at 20 years old or 21 years old with eight-year deals and 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 the coaches are, you know, twisting to to make sure that they're feeling good and happy and all that stuff. And, and then they start to feel, you know, extra special, you know, and so they can get away with a few more things. There's no rookieing, which I understand there isn't, um, you know, the rookie dinners are a lot less <laughs> intense than, and, and so it's just, it's, it's easier. We, we joke around and say it's softer. If we would ask Jason Chimera, he would, he would say, New NHL five times five times a day because some of the things that he would see happening. So it's just it's the direction that the league is in. But if you if you go back and watch every single game, anytime a goalie gets touched, something happens. You know, yeah. sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, but something happens. And so it's it doesn't doesn't matter who you are. You know, maybe if it's 
maybe maybe if it's Ryan Reeves and and there's a you know just a bunch of skilled guys on the ice, nothing really happens, but someone will go and say something at least. And so this is just what happens. Yeah, and, and look, there is a, there are things in hockey culture that's changing, but I don't think you're ever going to go away from protecting your teammates, standing up for your teammates in situations like that. If you feel like your, your goalie's getting poked at or you feel like your, your teammate's getting shoved or something, that I think that element of hockey is always going to be there. Yeah, and, and I think it should. That, I think that we should protect ourselves. Um, you know, and that's... Uh, I'm trying to think of the other sports. You know, like there isn't really... Like there's obviously physicality in a lot of in a lot of the other sports as well, but it's different. Like I feel like lacrosse and hockey are kind of, kind of you know right. on the same yeah. on the same page. And I don't know. I don't know. Do you fight in uh, field lacrosse at all? I don't think you can actually fight in field lacrosse. Okay, so like in box lacrosse, what we play a lot in Canada, it's the same thing. You still fight because you know you get slashed, you get cross checked in a way you don't like, or something happens, then you you settle it that way. And it's what makes our sports unique, I think. And I don't. I I'm on the I'm on the side of um, keeping it, but you know, being smart about it at the same time. And so, right. it's, I, I mean, I, I like that the game has an edge. I think that's what a lot of fans like as well. I think that's that's why they like to watch the game. So I think it would be a shame to get rid of that stuff. And look, I, I don't think fighting is ever going to go away completely. We've seen it drastically reduced just because look, the salary cap you got, can't afford to keep guys who just fight on the roster and all that. But Gary Bettman mm-hmm. said this: if you didn't have fighting, you might have guys slashing each other and 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 more kind of stick stuff and, and things after the whistle that it kind of lowers the temperature of a game. Look at that Tom Wilson Brendan Smith fight in, in in the Caps Carolina game. The fans mm-hmm. went nuts. And, and look, bad game for the Capitals and all that, but it brought an arena alive. And mm-hmm. it, it was it was something that the Hurricanes wanted to answer after. After, after that hit from Tom on, on, on Vincent Trocek, which was a clean hit but a big hit, and was one of those Tom was willing to answer the bell. Everybody kind of loved it, and this is it is what it is something that's unique to hockey that that I think a lot of newer fans don't understand or don't like. And, yeah. and and it's better that we don't have 30 fights a, a game or, or, or all of that. That's a good mm-hmm. thing. You don't want guys getting concussions and those sort of things. Very sensitive to that stuff. But it does kind of lower the temperature of a game so you don't have cheap shots and slashes all over the place. Exactly. And and people will police police themselves, right? right. If, if there's an option to do it. That's like that's the discussion with football. You know, is there is there as big of hits or as dirty hits if they're wearing less padding? You know, something like that. Or if or if it can be policed, you know, like will will some guys be as as dirty or as aggressive as they are if if there's a chance for retribution and and I don't think so I think you look at rugby as, as a perfect example there's still big hits but but they they have to hit a certain way and they have to be strategic about it so yeah I'm I don't it's just it I'm sure Beegs doesn't care because he doesn't even know how to probably open up a web page to to read anything so not <laughs> a big deal for him but it's you know it's still it's still frustrating to see yeah I I, I just I just don't like the, the the kind of piling on Jay Beagle like he is a goon who always hits dirty and, and then does these things mm-hmm. that's that's not at all like we've known Jay Beagle you've known Jay Beagle for a long time really well that's not him and, yeah. and that, that that's the part to me that it's not like he's some Neanderthal uh he's right, right. uh okay so when we're when we come back on all caps we'll be joined by NBC Sports Washington's Alexa Landestoy you ready showtime on May 3rd summer starts with the fall guy what are you doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner. I am AP Hockey writer Steve Wino. We are pleased to be joined by NBC Sports Washington's Alexa Landestoy. Alexa, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we, so we're on a run now. We had Andrew Gillis on. We've had you on. We've had Alan May on. Joe's been on. Uh, we still need to get Locker on at some point. We're just going to run the gamut of NBC Sports Washington. Brian McCallum Smoking as well. Smoking Al. Uh, so yeah. we've, we've, we're, this is all caps with NBC Sports Washington, apparently, uh, which is great. <laughs> uh, I'm just curious. I know, I know Carl has a lot of uh, kind of other other questions for you, but big week ahead for the Capitals, uh, defending champion Lightning in town at the Penguins, home against the Bruins. I know the Caps are kind of locked into really that probably that eighth seed in the East, but what are you looking forward to, to seeing out of this team this week? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me right now is getting guys back healthy and figuring out what this lineup looks like. You know, we got Mojo at the trade deadline. We got Larson and these guys, you know, plug in and play and where are they fitting? I think, you know, Mojo on that top line recently, we don't love that right now. Where does he fit in the second line of Mantha, Backstrom and Oshi? I really like personally, but you know, Lobby's making those decisions and switching it up. So I think just getting guys back healthy, um, getting, you know, this April ramped up to be ready, hopefully for the long playoff run. Um, but you know, even I was out at the Iceplex talking to a few guys, those interviews will come soon on NBC Sports Washington. And they're just talking about their mentality shifting right now and wanting to, get their bodies ready. Um, so I think just hopefully getting some wins, maybe there's some movement in that playoff picture. I think, as you mentioned, um, they, you know, probably are in that eighth spot, but we'll see, but just kind of hopefully staying healthy and finding out what the lineup will look like. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that that's uh, that's this time of year, right? Like we always talk about not being able to flip a switch, but yeah, there is a little bit of uh, switch flipping that <laughs> happens, especially when you're, when you're a team of this caliber that can do it. So that's exciting. And also just to hit on, the, uh, the road game in Pittsburgh. I'm making my first road trip as a fan to, uh, to Pittsburgh, actually, with some of the, the kids on, on my kids' baseball team. So that's exciting. And I just want to hit, I'm getting back in the studio with uh, with Alexa and Alan coming up here on the 14th. Is that right? The Leafs? Is yep, that? yep. I yeah. know. I'm so excited. Yeah, I know. I got to get back in there because I want to start doing my, uh, my outfit of the day as well because <laughs> I feel like that's a big hit. Like, you get a lot really of love. Pretty- you're the only one that could keep up with me. You and the suit game and all that stuff. You know, Alan May has some looks and he always makes fun of me for it. But you appreciate the good fashion and the good look. So yes. I'm excited to have you back with us. And uh, hey, you'll have to let me know when you're in Pittsburgh because you know Michael, my husband, works for the Pirates. Maybe he can hook you up uh, yes. with the game. I think baseball may be starting when you're up there. We'll see. I forget what day is opening day at this point. Yeah, no, it should. Yeah, it'll be right around that time. That's a good question. Will he be there in Pittsburgh? He won't. Uh, We'll connect offline. He may be there. Who knows? His schedule. <laughs> Sweet. Go okay. Reverend doesn't yeah. know. My husband's a professional scout for the Pirates, and he is just on the road now during baseball season in Florida a bunch uh, and just up and down. So he may be in Pittsburgh. We'll connect, but I know sometimes he has the hookup to get tours or to see the stadium. And I know uh, some Washington fans may not love this, but uh, Pittsburgh <laughs> is such an underrated city. So it's such Fourth a crowd. cool spot to be at uh we don't love the penguins but we love the caps and but the city we could appreciate it well and yeah. that ballpark is gorgeous unfortunately oh, the, Pir- yeah. the pirates open in st louis so they will they won't be home that day but that's my, that's maybe my favorite stadium in baseball is, is pnc park 
And that's the that's the the stadium I caught my first ever foul ball in too. So I got a little wow. red for it as well. Yeah. All right. Just so we'll bring the cap some luck then. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I wanted to just go back because I was I was just reading up on on your website, which is sick, by the way. It's got a lot of good info thank on you. there. Thank you. I still got to update that a little bit, but thank you. Yeah. Well, if anyone hasn't hasn't checked out, it's it's very necessary. But I'd love for you to just talk about it a little bit because I didn't realize that you were as solid of a soccer player as you oh, were. And yeah. okay. To please explain your explain the injuries because when I read that I my jaw was on the floor like how does that even happen? Really a hockey I know geez I feel like hockey players you guys go through much worse now yeah I tore both of my ACLs playing soccer so my whole life I knew you know I wanted to play uh, soccer in college and I wanted to kind of go on and hopefully play for the national team one day that was the dream and my freshman year of college on kind of one of the backfields of my high school was doing practice. And I kind of like tweaked my leg funny. And at that point I had just broken a wrist, hadn't done anything to any ligaments or anything like that. And so after I was kind of like, did I dislocate my kneecap? Like it was kind of painful initially, but not after. Turns out I tore my ACL. So that was the first, uh, went back to the whole rehab process. My uncle's a high school football coach in California. So he has a bunch of friends in physical therapy that he sends his players to. So I kind of went to, you know, an athletic type of physical therapy place to ramp up, get myself ready. We trained both legs. We were like doing everything right. And uh, my first practice back, I tore my, or my first game back, sorry, not first practice, first game back. Yeah. I went down and tore my other ACL. So I have a right repaired ACL and a left replaced ACL. And at that point, that was my junior year in high school. And if anything, everyone's going through that or has kids, it's kind of junior year is the big recruiting time, especially for soccer. So missing mm. out on that year, it was kind of like, all right, at that point, I needed to figure out what I was going to do. I love sports and I wanted to incorporate that into my college, you know, major experience. And so that's what kind of shifted into sports broadcasting, maybe a little bit earlier than I thought. So I guess it all worked out looking back now. <laughs> yeah, that's just insane. Like to, to, it was 10 months, right? Like, yeah. in between, like yep. to do both ACLs, not even the same, but both in 10 months. That's uh, I just couldn't even imagine that. But then, like, I think this is really important because um, I, I, I know for sure that there's lots of young girls that are probably that look up to to you and see what you're doing. But to go through how you did it, especially now with social media, it's it helps a lot, right? We can yeah. we can reach so many more people. You can get your stuff out there, and, and it's and it's easier, I guess, to be to be scouted. And and just to explain how you did that, like you you were grinding, right? You were getting on every single all the high school football games, whatever you yeah. could, and just explain how you did that because it's an interesting ladder to climb. Yeah, so you're talking the broadcasting journey, right? Of kind of yes. how it all started. Yeah. Yes. So post those ACLs and then, you know, everyone's like, what do I want to major in? What I want to do? Um, so as a senior in high school, I was my family. Like I mentioned, my uncle is a high school football coach. Every Friday, all my aunts and uncles and cousins, we had our same spot at his stadium and would go to his games. All the coaches knew me. I was out at practice and with all the guys all the time. So one of the coaches at one of the games was like, while I was still in high school said, hey, if you want to major in sports broadcasting, we have the players. Why don't you just grab an iPad and interview the quarterback, Malik at the time. He goes, just interview Malik after the game and start going. And I go, really? And then that's kind of how it all started. I sat with my dad in the stands, like writing all the questions down of what we wanted to ask him and watching the game and recorded that on an iPad. And uh, I created a YouTube after that. I'm like, okay, let me learn how to edit this video. Let me put it on YouTube really just for my friends and my family, like my aunts and uncles to see my work and just see what I'm doing. 
Um, and it just kind of took off. And every game I would go to one of my uncle's games and I would interview his players. And then it kind of started growing where I would interview one of the opponent's players in Southern California at some really high recruits. So I'd be putting these on my YouTube and it would like slowly gain traction. I would have, you know, college coaches start to follow me and these people who were kind of like, who's this girl going around and interviewing all these top recruits. And then there was a media outlet, uh, D1 bound at the time, who's now I think transitioned sports recruits. They were out at these high school games kind of doing like recruiting mixtapes for all these players to put online for them to get recruited on like huddle and things like that. And they were kind of always at these games that I was at and they were kind of like, who's, who's this girl doing these interviews? And they reached out via social media thinking, you know, my high school self with my parents as my camera people on the iPhone um, that I was doing this for a job. And then I was like 28 or something like that. And I go, <laughs> look, I'm, you know, 16 or 17. I'm going to my homecoming this weekend. So I'm going to take the weekend off doing interviews. But I, you know, this isn't my job, but I'd be happy to shoot these interviews and I'll send it to you guys and you guys can post on your social media platform because they had a huge following, you know, at that point, I don't even know how many followers I had, probably around a thousand or a little bit less. And they had 70,000 at the time. So mm -hmm. I would do these interviews, send it to them. They would post and everything took off from there. You know, as a senior in high school, I was just, they would get me the media credentials to go to like events like the Elite 11 and I would interview these guys and put it on YouTube. Um, and again, just my mom recording me on the camera. I think I stepped up, I bought like a Amazon microphone um, to be a little <laughs> bit more official. And like you said, Carl, you know, now, and this is what I try to tell people, like, you don't need to be a part of a network, you know? You can go out there now, especially like create a podcast, like go out and interview people, interview family and friends, like even just getting that experience on camera. So that's, mm -hmm. that's how it all started as a senior year in high school. And then uh, just kind of worked my way up through college, just never stopped. and loved what I was doing. Um, so yeah, I just went out there and went for it. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk okay, about if we if we can start a podcast, anyone can start a podcast. So you're, yeah, right, yeah, you're right exactly. about that. <laughs> no, you guys are official, but I yes. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about getting recruited by TCU because uh, that, that was kind of interesting too how that happened, wasn't it? Yeah. So what was funny is my mom and I went on a whole college tour because at that point I, I want the whole college experience. I want the sororities, my major big sports um, and everything combined. And so we went to Alabama, Georgia, Colorado, Boulder, Florida, where Aaron Andrews and Laura Rutledge went, all these different schools. And TCU was kind of the last one on our list. So while we were, and we saw Auburn as well as Alabama, we were in Auburn and we did our whole tour on one of our stops. And we were on our way back, I think to Atlanta, cause that's the closest airport uh, to those schools in Alabama. So we were driving back and this is kind of how it all kind of started this spur of all these different things. So I look at my phone and on Twitter, I got a message as we're driving out of Auburn and it was a reply to my tweet that I was at Auburn touring and it was the Auburn offensive coordinator. And now he's the head coach at SMU, Rhett Lashley. He followed me because I was interviewing all these guys they were looking at recruiting and he would casually send me some messages and say, how do these quarterbacks look? Like tell me their demeanor. And I would, you know, I'm out there oh. almost like recruiting for him, you know? So, and again, now social media has taken off. There's more of that, but five or six years ago, it was, you know, a small amount of people doing those things. So he messaged me saying, Hey, are you at Auburn? Like, I would love to bring you into the football facilities and do a tour and see everything. And I think my jaw dropped. My mom and I are eating like Zax Zaxby's on the road. Be like, Oh my gosh, you know, I cannot believe this. Like, do we drive back three hours just to see the tour? Cause at that point, you know, this is awesome for me. So we had to message him and say, Hey, like, you know, we're three hours away. We're already gone, but like, thank you so much. 
And so then when we got to TCU, I knew our head football coach, Gary Patterson, followed me on Twitter. So at that point, I'm kind of like, okay, do I reach out to him? Is that weird? I wasn't sure what to do. But since, you know, Rhett Lashley had reached out after the fact, I didn't want to miss out on another great opportunity. So I kind of just, you know, shot a message and said, hey, my mom and I are coming to tour. Like, we'd love to see the athletic facilities really to just, you know, it's just fun. I was a big sports fan. Would love to see what they all look like. And he messaged back and connected with his assistant and we got to go in and see the, you know, the athletic offices and that kind of started that relationship. And really he brought me in like a recruit and just showed me everything I got to see. And uh, he was a big, you know, reason for a lot of my success there. Cause I would just go and pitch ideas to him. And I think he saw just that go getter mentality and that potential in me. So it started out as small as he goes, you can just interview recruits here. Like you can't post it. again, different recruiting things. It was more, couldn't be posted. It couldn't be shared. It was just more to make the recruits experience better. It started as that my freshman year. And then I would go to him and say, Hey, I think we should do this on social media. And I think we need to start this series. And then he got me in touch with our media people and social media. And again, five years ago, it was just starting. And now, especially like it's all about the social media and your platform and what you have. So I just pitched these ideas and then they, you know, I got some no's and then eventually I was like, yeah, let's do this. And it turned out three years later, I was TCU's in-stadium host for football games. I was like one of their hosts for our weekly <laughs> sports show. I was like at every pro day interviewing Andy Dalton, Josh Dox, and all the alumni coming back. So from that little opportunity, and again, a lot of people who trusted and respected me at that point. But mm. yeah, that was the crazy way of how it all started. Uh, that's unbelievable. Me. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it comes from the, the love of, of sports, right? Like if you, yeah. if you don't actually have a love of sports it's hard to it's hard to fake it right it's hard to oh, just totally. be there yeah. doing the job you need to know what you're talking about and you need to just know, know how to interact and i think that's pretty yeah. clear pretty clear to see and i want to just fast forward a little bit to um what you're doing now because because mm-hmm. now i'm a little bit of a part of it so i get to see some of the things yeah. although be it just on zoom last year and and so when when we're on camera we try and make it flow as good as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of arguments and stuff, but occasionally, you know, people <laughs> don't necessarily agree. And and has it ever happened where you've seen Alan May and Al Koken get into it? And and what was that like, or what is that like? Yeah, I know it happened for the first time when you were with us, Carl. You know, we we're all in the beginning of 2021 season. Um, we were all in different places, and I was still trying to get used to everyone. My first season hosting. And, you know, everyone has great personalities. Everything was great. And one of the shows, Alan and Al just get into it. And Alan, (laughs) the part where I knew things took a turn was Alan goes, you late night bourbon drinker, you don't understand. And I was like, (laughs) okay, we're getting personal here. Uh, And I had a little freak out moment. And I went into the, because Al, I think was at home. I went over to Alan and I go, after the show, I'm kind of like, are we good? Like, are you guys okay? Like, and he was like, oh yeah, like I'm texting him now. Like, that's just, that's just what we do. Like great TV, great TV. And I was like, are you guys serious? Like that was a little bit too much. Like I'm all in for, you know, really doing these digs. So then it happened once again this season. And I think our new director behind the scenes, Michael was like, okay, I didn't even know what to do. I'm so scared right now. And I was like, don't be scared. This is Alan and Al's little stick. Sometimes they argue and they get into it, but they laugh about it and they're probably texting each other while they're arguing on TV. So you don't need to worry. Uh, But yeah, those are moments where I just kind of sit back and I'm like, okay, I'll let you guys do your thing. And I try to keep the peace. And sometimes Alan's like, 
you don't see my side of things. So I try to kind of be the middleman between the two of them. <laughs> yeah. Always need that. Uh, well, I, I hope that you're not going to have to break up Carl from any fights when, when he comes on uh, later this month for yeah. that Leafs game, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break on Allscast. When we come back, uh, Alexa Landestory will be the latest victim of Carl's stupid questions. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Osner and NBC Sports Washington's Alexa Landestory. I'm AP Hockey writer Steve Wino. And now, of course, Carl's favorite portion of the show, Carl's Stupid Questions. Yes, perfect. Okay, so we did a little yeah. rundown of how how it's going to work. So Alexa's uh, aware, but still somewhat in the dark, so this should be fun. Um, okay, so question number one, what's your favorite type of food? Like, no, I don't I don't necessarily mean like, like a French fry or pizza. I mean like uh, um, ethnicity. Like, what do you typically like to go for if you're going to order something? Okay, um, I already feel like I'm the worst at this game. Because um, <laughs> I'm like... It's like Italian, but not really. Uh, uh, let's think. My favorite type. Okay, you know what? No, besides like a dish, my favorite type would be like sushi or pokey, like that type. Does yeah. that count as a, as oh, a type? Oh, yeah. Thing? Absolutely, okay. it does. I mean, I grew up in Southern California, so I, sh- I should love that type of stuff. Yes, good call. Yeah. Oh, you are you're, you're yours. a sushi guy? Not anymore. No, well, that's not true. There's a place in Montreal, if you guys ever go, called Sushi Momo, and it's uh, it's okay. a plant-based sushi. It is diet. It's so good. Really? Like. Yeah, it, I hadn't had sushi for quite a while, and then we've heard about this place, and I tried it, and it's solid. And then there's another place that we, me and you had talked about, Alexa, called Planta. In yeah, Bethesda. did you try it? How was it? Yeah, I tried it. It's good. They got, I think they have, like, four or five different rolls. I'd say two of them are getting close to Sushi Momo. Not quite there, but <laughs> but they're getting there. So how about you, Wine? Are you into sushi? Oh, I'm a sushi guy. I was going to say, Momiji in, in D.C. is my favorite. It's right by by the arena there. I know your studio is not quite there, Alexa, but like Momiji, they're still doing takeout for now, but that, that's that's a great one. And, and uh, Sushi Rock in, uh, mm. in in Courthouse is also great. Right. I, I love trying different sushi spots around around D.C. Nice. All right, well... We'll get out, the, out there at some point. Okay, this is this next one. I, I wore this shirt specifically for this question. Formula One. Yeah. Like <laughs> yes. I don't know if this would sway you at all, but what's your favorite? Uh, let's If we can do both, let's do both. Favorite movie and favorite TV show. I feel like now, because you're wearing that shirt, Drive to Survive is my new favorite. Big Ferrari yeah. girl over here, but I'm still watching. Charlotte Claire and uh, Carlos Sainz, my two favorite. Yeah. Um, so I would say Drive to Survive. I'm also a fan of some of the Bravo, like, you know, Real Hot Size of Beverly Hills, uh, Below Deck, those type of fun things as well. If I'm not yeah. watching sports, that's what I'm watching. Favorite movie. Uh, one, I'm probably going to get minus points for this. I'm like the worst movie person ever. Ask Alan <laughs> May. He's literally embarrassed by me. Uh, I always say like the blind side is my favorite movie. Like that's yeah. so random. Well, that's but, a good uh, movie though. Uh, love the movie, yeah. So heartfelt. Any rom coms I like as well. Uh, but yeah. I definitely say I'm more of the sports person. You could ask my husband the movie questions. I'm the worst, and actually, he doesn't even like watching movies with me because I just talk the whole time. And I'm like, <laughs> like what's going on? Like, wait, why is this? For-? He goes, "This is a good movie. Just sit back and watch it." So I guess the blind side, if I had to pick one, but definitely hey. movies are not my strong suit. 
Okay, that no, that's all good. Okay, th this one might actually throw you for well, it might I don't know. I like to I like to throw this one in there, especially because in honor of spring right now. Um, what's your favorite flower? Hmm, favorite <laughs> flower. Okay. And you can say whole wheat, whole wheat or all-purpose flower. That's a, that was the first. That's the first time I heard this question. Someone said that, and they said whole wheat flower because they didn't understand. Really? I okay. meant like actual flowers. Well, obviously cherry blossoms are beautiful, um, right. but I feel like roses, like I just got married too. All my flowers were just a bunch of roses, hydrangeas, whites and pinks. Um, yeah. So I guess I'm in the cherry blossom theme of things. Gotcha. Perfect. Carl, I, I, did you guys see that the, the Nationals cherry blossom uniforms and hats? They're, they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sweet. I love that they're doing that. Are the Caps doing anything like that? They, they I don't think so. The Wizards no, unveiled the jerseys. No okay. capitals yet, but I know I've seen on my Twitter, all the fans are, they're putting together their, you know, jerseys with the artwork to try to persuade the capitals to do something. So yeah, I think right. the Nationals, like, record sales for theirs on the first day of all their hats oh, and yeah. gear. And I think they're wearing them coming up here soon in a series. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Well, you know, what's, it's, this is so interesting is that I think it's the same with pretty much all sports except for hockey, as far as I know that they can give away their jerseys to whoever they want. You know, like I met one, one of the guys on the Nats the one time and, and uh, he asked if, we, if I wanted to trade jerseys. I'm like, well, I can, I can get a jersey for you from the shop. And, and yeah, he's like, okay, sweet. I'll, I'll just give you my one from this year because I'm not, I'm hurt right now, so I don't even need it. And I'm like, wait a sec, like you can just take your jersey and give it away. Like soccer players do it all the time. Football, football guys like trade jerseys on the field. Football. Yeah, yeah, we're not allowed to do that. You have like your specific jerseys. When you're done, they go straight to the team, and we get one at the end of the year. Usually, is what it is, and that's it. And that's like, I wish like it would have been. It'd be so sweet to be able to trade jerseys with guys on the ice. Like, yeah. I think that would have been so you much. Want fun. to be like hockey? You guys are too. Like, I would never. If fans see you guys like trading jerseys, they would be like, "What the heck?" Like, we should. Yeah, it like, would have to but, happen behind the scenes. But then you know, you guys do like the sticks. Like, I'm always shocked yeah, that the players are giving out the sticks, which Alan yeah. has told me. You know, you guys. I think there's like a certain amount that maybe you guys can give out but you know. yeah yeah we i yeah i have a i think i have about 80 between 80 and 90 sticks of, oh that God. i've collected over the year and i still need it's funny like a, a guys on other teams i have almost nobody from who i played with because i always just figured oh, i'll just somewhere down the line i'll get it now yeah. now i don't have them so gotta work on that um gotta knock on their doors and get them <laughs> yes exactly okay um next one uh if you're going on a vacation would you rather go on a beach vacation more of like a wintry vacation or sightseeing vacation? Beach. Beach for sure. Yeah, I figured you were going to say that. Sightseeing yeah. if I was like in Europe, probably going through like Italy and all, you know, all yeah. that. But beach, beach for sure. Beach, yeah. Okay. Yep. Is there a particular okay. beach? I know, I know you're a Southern California person. Yep. Uh, I think anywhere in Southern California. My husband's mm -hmm. from the Dominican, so he would say the Caribbean beaches, but... I would say sure. the Southern California beaches uh, <laughs> have them beat. So, and also in Orange County, if anyone hasn't been, the Orange County beaches um, are just so beautiful. Some of those down there with all the Crystal Cove beach, I think with all the rocks and all that is so beautiful. Oh, sweet. Carl, were, were you and Manny just in Mexico? Yes, we were in Cancun. Yeah. Nice, really nice. But like the water's crazy. Like yeah, the like waves, is, oh my God, so choppy. These waves at one point that, I mean, I didn't go close enough to look, but they look like they were easily 15, 20 foot waves. Like, and people want to go in there. I'm just like, <laughs> first of all, sharks, second of all, riptides, like not happening. Ever. I know in Cabo. Yeah. They Cabo. I, I've been there a few times and I do think it's beautiful is they don't, they have a bunch of signs. Like typically they don't want you in the water cause it's just not the best. 
yeah. you're on the beach or in the pool, but you're not in the water. Yeah, people are nuts. Anyways, <laughs> um, okay, this is a new question. Broke out just for today. Okay. okay, what is a better vessel for a breakfast sandwich? Is it toast? Is it English muffin? Or is it a bagel? Ooh, okay, so like what I'm putting my sandwich on. Yeah. Okay. Normally I'm an English muffin person, but I feel like that's on its own. So I would do the bagel with the sandwich, but potentially, you know, I've seen it to not have too much fluff. You know, you get rid of like the filling inside the bagel. Oh, oh yeah. wow. I forget what that's called, but I know that's a thing. I don't know if it's like make it, I don't know what it is, but you take out the filling inside the bagel and you put it on. Interesting. I've never heard that. Why no, you, you want to say something. You know, you, next time you ask this question, you have to add biscuit as an option. Like oh, you, biscuit. Biscuit has to, I had one of these at a place called Toast in, in New Orleans yesterday for, for brunch. And it was out of this, a really well done biscuit beats, yeah. crushes everything. Okay. Oh, wow. Fair. Well, but the problem is though, biscuits are a little crumbly though, right? So they kind of. <laughs> Again, it's gotta be, I said, I said really well done. If it's done okay. correctly, it's yeah. out of this world. Fair enough. I, I was thinking this, that like, I, I like a bagel, but I like a bagel for something that's not a sandwich, just spread, you know, like a right. cream cheese or peanut butter or whatever. When I start getting, when I start getting like toppings on there, that's when I start going English muffin or toast, but that's me just, you know, for bonus points for anyone who's next. Um, okay. And then, uh, I was torn on this last question, but I'm going to, I'm going to switch it a little bit. Okay. So we played soccer. Yep. A lot of football. Hockey is obviously what you're doing now. Yep. And then Michael's into baseball. And then you love Drive to Survive. What is your favorite sport? Oh my gosh. So tough. Uh, I always <laughs> say growing up, you know, in the big football family, that football is probably my number one. I say it's like my second language. Like I can just rattle you off names, coaches, anything, any trivia. I can even stump my dad sometimes. Oh, yeah. you know, he's like a sports encyclopedia. But I would say football has always been my number one. But now my second season with the Caps, hockey is getting up there that I was joking oh, yeah. in my career. I'm like, maybe I'm going to stay in hockey. I love it. I love all the guys. I love the team. It's so tough right now because Drive to Survive is Carl. I just got into it. He's on my Instagram. Oh. That's like, that's getting up there as well. And I'm trying to look up how I can go to one of these events. But uh, it's a... Now yeah. I'm trying to figure out who I know and all these things. I'm like, this price for these tickets is crazy. <laughs> well, you gotta go media credentials, right? That's yeah. We, we got this is okay. So this is part of my plan. Is NBCSN needs to start covering the Masters and Formula One. So just so you get, just so you go to Augusta, right? Yeah. Just so I go to Augusta, and then so I can go to Monaco and watch uh, watch the yeah. Grand Prix. So yeah, you know, we're work, we're working on it right okay, now. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you into those meetings to make yes. sure that happens. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> Okay. All right. That's all six. Let me just quickly add these up here. Okay. Japanese was really cool. All I know but, is I better get more points than Alan May got. That's all I care about. Oh, <laughs> Alan talked too long. We couldn't even ask him the questions. Yeah. yeah we, hadn't, so, we hadn't gotten there yet. So we have to have yeah. Alan back and, and have him do these questions. Yes. Yeah. Bagel. Okay. Oh, bagel. Uh, uh, when, when you're talking about bagel, what flavor bagel? That'll determine a lot. Uh, okay. Either sesame or jalapeno cheddar. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Points. All right. And football. That brings you to a grand total of 199 points. Ooh, okay. So that takes you into the top 10 for sure. And okay. I think and it's, it's top really, five, Carl. It might be. I got it. We have a 201 <laughs> and we have a 270. Yeah, no, you're right. You're you're on the yeah. podium right now. Yeah. Wow. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Jalapeno Cheddar and Drive to Survive really did it for you. Yeah. 
Great job. You are wearing a Mercedes uh, top, so I figured we'd talk, we'd talk Formula One. <laughs> exactly. Had to. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. That, yeah, that uh, yeah congrats on, on, on the podium performance, uh, Alexa Landestoy. Thank you very much for joining us on All's Caps. Thank you so much for having me, and go Caps. Thanks, guys. And yeah. next time we talk to you, uh, Carl, we got a special guest coming on again, again later this week. Yes, we do. We have uh, Angela Price and Julie Petrie coming on who are in charge of line change, which is the sweater that uh, Alexa is wearing. So it'll be, be pretty fun. That'll, that'll, that'll be fun. Uh, thank, thanks all, all of you for listening. And we'll talk to you later on All Scouts.